Good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of A Contagious Smile, where every smile tells a story. We have Michael with us today. He is an author and a coach, a trainer. He even teaches yoga, which I cannot wait to talk about this. He's also the co-founder of Endless Stages, and he has got such a story. We have so much we can talk about. It's like, where do we even begin? Thank you so much for coming on and finding the time to talk with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me on you know what what once i found out a little bit about you what you do and your show i was just like it was almost overwhelming because it's like it it hit me right in the heart because you know working with domestic violence and special needs and in all of that um anybody that works in that area is a special person you have to be to, to do that and you know listen to some of your past shows you know judge callahan you know, a couple months ago, and just like talk about domestic violence, and even your last one that I listened to, Christian Van Buren, He's which amazing. was really great. You know, talking about his father and you know the addiction stuff and and everything else. It's just really, really powerful, and um, it's a huge kudos to you for you. the number of followers you followers you have. You. you know, because to me that means you are doing good work. Thank you, Michael. I have to say, because I, I think the world of both of them, but that was Christian's first interview. And I told him, I said, you didn't act like it. You did so well. He he just jumped right in like he was having dinner at a restaurant with you. Right. I told him, I said, forget the mics, forget the button that says record. We're just having a conversation. Forget everything else. Yeah. And he just did. He was like, I didn't even realize we did it. We're done. And I was like, yeah, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. a great, great guy. Yeah. And yeah. I bet he's on fire now, and I, I hope he does more podcasts. He 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 guy. is. I'm helping him um, uh, on a lot of things that he's doing, and he is just the nicest, most down-to-earth human being. He really is, and he lives and breathes for his wife and, and little one, and it's so sweet. It really is sweet. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard that. with the, the He was talking about ASL as well. And, yes. Um, you know, it's just like, and again, more power to him, more kudos to him. Yes, he is an unbelievably good guy. Yeah. He just wants to help others as well. You have so much going on. You honestly, okay, I don't even know where to begin, honestly. So you survived a near fatal incident that really is something to be talked about. What happened? Well, first, I want to say that, you know, I'm blessed to be here. Yes. And um, after the accident, I didn't want to be here. I, I, I wanted to be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, when I was 12 years old, I was... The, you know, pretty hotshot little kid as far as sports, you know, even at 12, I was doing everything and loved baseball and loved golf. And at 12 years old, I was junior champ in 1971 at Portland Golf Club. So, you know, I, I loved playing golf. I don't play golf today. I do other things. But um, at the time, I was I was really good. And I also liked water skiing. And I was somewhat of a hotshot water skier. And I like to do whatever I could do. I like to go as fast as I could. You know, of course, I was 12 years old and 
I didn't have much fear in me, so I would just do whatever. Mm -hmm. And one day we were out skiing and it was myself, my brother, and a couple of our friends. And I was doing a beach landing, except I was coming in a little hot and a little fast. And I hit the beach. I don't know how fast I was going, um, but I was being whipped in and there was all sorts of you know, boat cut in front of ours. Our boat had to, you know, swing and I whipped more. And so I could have hit it at 40 miles an hour. I don't know how fast I was going, but pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and wind knocked out of me. Initially, they thought I was just bruised up and that I would be okay. Well, by that evening, I was starting to, to throw up blood. And next day, mom drove to Portland I, I grew up in um, Oregon and Portland, and it was about a 90-minute drive, drove me right to a clinic, a children's clinic, actually, and the doctor there immediately sent me to the hospital. I woke up 10 days later and from a coma. They put you in a medically induced coma? No. You went into your own coma? I went into my own coma. And I ended up, they had removed 60% of my liver, my gallbladder, multiple cracked ribs, collapsed lung, 21 blood transfusions. Bless your heart. And um, I'm still here. I was about to say that. And you're still yeah. here. Uh, what, what, one of the things, and you know, this still affects me to today, Victoria, is, you know, when... I was in my coma and the best I can recall was right at the end of the coma and that I had died and that I was surrounded by a group of spirit and I wanted to remain there. And as I felt myself coming back to my body, I reached out and I said, I don't want to go. And they said, well, you're not through yet. And, you know, again, that was 1971, so that was 52 years ago. Apparently, I'm still not through yet because I'm still here at this moment today. I'm to glad you today. I don't know when, but I always thought I was going to live to be 108. <laughs> but um, I, I want to add, too, and, and this, you know, goes a little bit deeper in, into the story is, um, you know, I, I was smiling a lot as a kid and I wrote a book about it. And when I wrote the book, I went back and I asked people what they remembered about it. And this really goes with a contagious smile. Because they said, the one thing that I remember is that no matter what, you were still smiling. So I still had a smile on my face. You know, and I've talked to some people that when they have some type of near death experience and they feel like they've um, met spirit or God that they come back and um, they're really like feel blessed and, and all of that. I, I ended up feeling angry. Really? Yeah. And uh, I rebelled and I felt angry towards God because I didn't want to be here. And I kind of felt abandoned. Mm -hmm. so my I had great parents, you know, but as a kid, 
every once in a while, I remember feeling abandoned because they would go out to dinner or something. I didn't want them to go. And so I'd have some of this abandonment stuff internalized. And then I felt like God had abandoned. And so I went on a tear for a number of years. And by high school, I was uh, drinking and smoking pot and doing all of that. Granted, you know, I'd had 60% of my liver. Now, the rib, the, the liver does regenerate mm -hmm. in that type of situation from, a, I, they called it a ruptured liver. Doesn't regenerate from cancer or cirrhosis or those things. But, um, but nevertheless, you know, it wasn't a great idea at any age for me to be drinking just because of what had happened. Right. So I went on a tear until 1986, and I ended up at OHSU, Oregon Health Sciences University in Portland, and um, they told me that I had blocked arteries, that my right leg was 100% blocked and my left leg was 65% blocked. And, um, you know, here I was shortly before my 28th birthday, thinking this isn't right. You know, I have this old man's disease. You know, what's going on? They told me right then and there, I mean, even the nurse, she stopped the exam when she started and called the doctor because my right leg was so um, far gone at the moment. And they, they ended up doing what's called a fempop, which uh, for the listeners, that's bypass surgery on your legs. So they took a piece of my femoral artery and bypass the blockage in my popliteal artery in both legs. I didn't even know it was in my left leg. I just thought it was in my right leg because my right leg had so much more pain. A month after that, I had blood clots and was back in the hospital for another month or another week, not another month, another week. And then a few months later, in another exam, they had told me my legs had reblocked and they'd have to do another surgery. And so, well, the professor and assistant professor of vascular surgery and some other surgeons were around my bed and other doctors telling me why I needed to do this. I said, no. I Did they put a filter in for you for the clot so that if it split, God forbid, it wouldn't go? Well, at that time, clots? it wasn't clot. It was atherized plaque. Okay. It was hardening of the arteries. Okay. You know? um, and that's what my originals... Uh, blockages was from was from the plaque okay um, and then I had the clots but uh, so the plaque had regrown again in my arteries um, within you know six months and they wanted to do more surgery and I said no I and I cannot tell you you know what urged me to say no other than I didn't want to keep having surgery I understand that yeah and so I left AMA against medical advice. They wheeled me to the door in the wheelchair and I got up and I was using a cane at the time because that's how I could walk. Uh, by the way, today I can walk up and down any mountain. I can do anything I want today. Good for you. Um, and I ended up in a, after I left the hospital, not quite a year later, I ended up in a place called the Pritikin Longevity Center, which was in Santa Monica. 
right on the boardwalk. And when I got there, Victoria, I was literally walking about 10 feet with my cane. I'd have to hold the wall on one side and use the cane on the other side. And that's about all I could walk because of the pain. I'd have to stop. And the doctor told me something down there that the doctors, the surgeons had not told me. My surgeons had told me that when it hurts to stop and rest and, you know, sit on the couch and do nothing. The doctor there said something totally different. He said, don't worry about it. He said, just get up and start walking on the boardwalk. Because it was right on the boardwalk in Santa Monica. So just start walking up and down the boardwalk. And I said, well, I can't walk. He said, walk 10 feet, pause. Walk 11 feet, pause. Walk 12 feet, pause. And just keep doing it. He says, because the reason that you want to do that is because as you start walking, you're sending signals to the brain that you're not getting enough blood in your legs. So the brain sends signals back down to the legs, says, hey, we need more blood vessels. And it starts building collateral blood vessels. So through that process, Victoria, within two weeks, I was walking two miles unassisted without a cane up and down the boardwalk. Wow, that's and I amazing. Started, yeah, and it was just like, whoa. Yeah. And then I started thinking, maybe there is a God. And why am I so angry at this God? Because, I mean, essentially, again, sitting in the basement of the longevity center, the doctor just looked at me, you know, and I can imagine in a religious sense this being said, too. Don't worry about it. Just get up and walk. And that's what I was told. Don't worry about it. Just get up and walk. You'll be fine. Wow. What kind of doctor was he? I wish I knew exactly what. The Pritikin Longevity Center primarily worked with older people. Again, I was 28 or 29 now when I got there um, that were overweight, that had vascular issues. And it was it was actually a plant-based food. They didn't have anything else there but plant-based food because they knew back then how powerful it was for vascular issues you know, because it reduces all the buildup and the fat buildup and the arteries and everything else. Um, so my life changed, you know. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And then I, I had been sober for about not quite two years. I drank one more time, which is a story in itself. But now I haven't um, had a drink since I was 30 years old. Good for you. So I'm healthy, um, God-centered. Um, I can walk. I can do whatever I want. One of my favorite things to do is where I live, There's, it's kind of on the mountains on one side and the desert on the other side, and we have lots of volcanic buttes, and I love go, going out in the summer and going up and down those buttes just because I Beautiful. can. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that is a, such an amazing story. Wow, that that's incredibly powerful. That says so much. I'm so glad that you are here. So you are passionately diverse. So you've written numerous books about this. And your, your first one, was it Falling Down and Getting Up? Was that the first book? Falling Down, Getting Up. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
And that was about the accident. And well, yeah, the, the, about the first half of the book is really about um, my accident, uh, drinking, my vascular issues, and then the second half of the book was really more about the healing part of it. And so, how, how did you heal your self esteem? Well, that's a good question because my self esteem uh was you know below bottom especially mm -hmm. as a kid right. as a kid and if there's any other parents or any other kids listening you know i get it because i mean at 12 years old i was the person that was pointed at in the room that was the sickly looking kid i had a tube in the side of me a drain tube which was in the side of me for six months or so when i returned to school and I went from this very athletic kid to the kid that couldn't participate in sports anymore. And there were some friends that were around me, but there was also a lot of friends that teased me and put me down and, and all of that. Kids can be cruel sometimes. Yes, they can. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think part of that is what led me to starting to, you know, drink and smoke pot is because all that pain from my self-esteem for lack of self-esteem went away mm -hmm. when I started doing that. And the other kids that were doing those things didn't care about whatever had happened. Right. They don't right. care. They're yeah. drinking and doing these crazy things. Right. Right. Um, so that self-esteem you know, I, I really have struggled with that, you know, my whole life. And one of the things that I even do today, you know, because of it, I recognize or my, my experience is that it doesn't really go away. That that lack of self-esteem is still there. Mm -hmm. The way that I've learned to deal with it on a daily issue is knowing that there's something bigger than that that's better than that you know that i really i'm here for a reason and that right. god has me here for a reason and even though this is part of who i have been in my life it's there's something bigger you know for those that can't see i've got one hand way above the other um denoting that something's bigger Mm -hmm. So, you know, that self-esteem or that lack of self-esteem sits there and kind of sleeps and every once in a while it wakes up and kind of gets to me from time to time. And then I go, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm still here for a reason. God still has me here for a reason. So I'm OK just the way I am. You have 80 tips to transform your life. How does somebody <laughs> even begin to get that list or find out your little tricks of the treat. How do you know about the 80 tips? <laughs> <laughs> I'm known to know a few things that others don't expect me to know before interviewing or having a conversation as we are. Yeah. Your friend Alex found that out too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alex is great. By by the way, if if you guys are listening, I really invite you to go back and listen to Alex's show. Is 
well as the other shows too, because there's some you. really, really great shows. Thank you. That, that you have. So you. go and explore, I, please. I love talking with Alex. I was like, we have so much in common. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And I said, I love playing yeah. golf. I played with my grandfather growing up. Yeah. And I was like, you sold used golf balls. And he went, yep. I mean, it was just like, huh? Like the cartoon, you know? And then we just started talking. And I was like, and then you did these cool things with these rental properties with the cameras. I said, that is so cool. He's like, I did the same thing. I used to go in there and look at the houses I would never get, you know? And so he was just, you know, it's always fun. It's always fun to get little tidbits that aren't expected to have yeah. our conversation. And just to let you know, um, I used to go into some of the ponds at Portland Golf Club and retrieve the golf balls, right? <laughs> I yeah. loved playing golf. I was like the youngest one I think I ever saw on the golf course, but it was something my grandfather and I did every day. And I was short, I was eight driving the golf cart and they were like, you're supposed to be 12. And he would say, she's, she's a midget and she's very self-conscious about it. Stop it. And I'm like, I'm eight. And he's like, Shh. Yeah. 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 Those are memories you'll never forget, but yet always, always cherish. Yeah. Um, going back to the 80 tips, <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious because you, you know, I have, can, can I mention my new book? Absolutely. I was going to in a minute anyway. So you just okay. got ahead of me. That's fine. So I, I have a, a new book coming out. Um, and my, my, I'll, I'll mention my original book, my falling down, get getting up book. Um, there are a bunch of tips in the back about ideas that people can use. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is I don't profess that my ideas are the only ideas. The reason that I have my ideas is really to help other people recognize that they will find their own answers. Because what worked for me not, may not always work for somebody else. Here's my yeah. list of things. Right. And here's some list of things you might try, but also try other things. Because mm -hmm. I'm not the end-all be-all in any sense of the term that I know everything. All right. I know is what my experience was. So I can offer my experience strength and hope. Um, I love to talk to, in the, the new book is, um, the, the, the new book is called Within. Mm -hmm. So it's just like what, what I was just saying, that we find the answers here. And I believe that really the only place that we can truly experience God is within. We can experience it with a group of people and, and in okay. different ways and all that. But when it comes right down to it, when, when I recognize God, it's here. It's inside of me, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So the new book is called Within. And it's really 26 powerful life-changing essays on living the life you want. Now, there's some explanation behind that because I believe the life you want is the life that we're given. Mm -hmm. Like what we want wants us is how a friend of mine says so like those urgings inside of me that I want are God-given things that I believe are part of the direction that I'm given to live, right? Yes. And if I do those things, I'm going to thrive, right? I don't always do them. I try to do them, right? 
right. you know, th those nudges and urgings. And sometimes it takes me a while. And, you know, first, you know, God maybe pinches me and then, you know, maybe slaps me a little bit. And, you know, then I start waking up, right? And then moving forward. So because as part of my story, which we haven't talked at all about is, is the yoga part, because I also started yoga at the Longevity Center um, in 87, I guess. And I never anticipated yoga to really be anything, right? Mm -hmm. And especially in the 80s, it's certainly not what it is today. And there's, you know, multiple different types and styles from, um, you know, of yoga. And so I, I started doing yoga and it helped me with my healing process. It also helped me with the self-esteem. It also helped me recognize that, um, you know, I was much more able than what I thought I was able, you know, and that maybe this is one of the tools that God had on the plate for me to help heal. And so I ended up doing a, a bunch of different types of yoga. I ended up getting three different certifications. I ended up owning a couple of yoga studios. I've helped train probably 7,000 yoga teachers. I've done business coaching for yoga studios all over the world. Um, I really like to focus a lot on um, any challenges or health ailments around it. Um, about people that come in, whether it's diabetes or they back issues, chronic pain, I mean, you you name it. Um, I had a, a student that was exactly gone through the same leg process that I had with atherosclerosis. You know, it's just like, okay, why did God put this person in front of me? Mm -hmm. You know, and that person was was able to get through it as well. So the reason I, I mentioned that little background is of the 26 essays, because I know um, some yoga teachers around the world, I brought in 26 teachers that I know, and each one of them wrote an essay. Oh, wow. Yeah. And each one of them added three tips in their essays. The book is not about yoga or about a posture. Is You can learn that anywhere. Mm -hmm. The book is really about coming back to what I mentioned a little while ago too, is really about experience, strength, and hope. I mean, some of these people suffered tremendously in their life and that's not unusual. I mean, somebody 20 years ago was diagnosed with RA in rheumatoid arthritis in their twenties and was told that they would have to deal with it the rest of the life, the rest of their life. They went away and there's no RA markers in their blood anymore. Wow. Now, there's That's people, crazy. other people that have overcome addictions. There's people that have overcome childhood abuse. There that are survivors. There are special needs people. I mean, there's a whole spectrum of people. There are several doctors. Um, and it's really bring the idea that we have a choice within about the direction we're going to go. Mm-hmm. So really the conclusion of, of the book is when we connect with that idea, we're going to thrive and our life is going to be better and we're going to have a contagious smile. So you very know, well so, done. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
just like, Very don't well worry, be happy, live your life. Very well done. When does the book launch? June 30th. And where are you going to be able to find it? Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> and where can everybody find you? Um, well, there's a couple different places. There's my primary website, which is michaelbharris.com. But the new website that will be with the book is called Interpoint with an E, point with an E, interpoint.com. That's not live as of this conversation. Right but it will be later this month. And your other book is on Amazon as well? Yeah, I've, I've been blessed to have been in three books, Falling Down, Getting Up, which was the first one, which people are still buying. It's still relevant. It still blows me away. Another book called Expert Success Solutions, which I'm a contributing author to that. That was also a number one book. And then a more recent one from last fall, Podmatch Guest Mastery, with your other guest, Alex Filippo, which is owner of Podmatch. And I was invited to be in that book as well. Look so at you. You, one book so far. you have done amazing things with your life. I just, I, it blows me away, Victoria, because from where I came from and I look back and I think, well, that couldn't have been me. I couldn't have been that kid in that water scene yeah. accident. I didn't really drink that much. I didn't really get in that much trouble. Right. I maybe saw Judge Callahan a couple of times, but uh, <laughs> not literally him, but yeah, you know what I mean. He's not one to easily forget. Yeah. <laughs> and then my leg stuff and holy cow, I'm still here. Okay. I didn't do this. There has to be a God. There is. No question. And even my doctor said they didn't heal me. God did. We ask everybody to leave us with one of their quotes. Do you have one for us? Don't worry about it. Forget about it. Just live your life. I love it. Will you come back on with me again? I would love to come back on, Victoria. I feel like we just started. I agree completely. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll have you back. I thank you so much.